Hey friends, welcome back to Encouraged. I'm so happy that you're here today. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. It's a Thursday night and my husband is out playing church softball and I'm just at home and I just wanted to encourage you guys with some scripture. I don't have a four-point sermon or any like extravagant message to share with you. I was just about to spend some time with Jesus in the Word, and I just wanted to spend that time with you. So if you have like 10 minutes right now and you just want to pause and spend this time to devote your mind and your heart to the Lord, I would love to do that with you. So welcome to the show. Alright, so we're going to be in Psalm 27, and I guess the title of this message today, like I said, it's not really going to be a traditional message like my usual episodes, but the theme that I picked up on from this passage is seeking Yahweh. So Yahweh was a word that people used to describe God in the Old Testament, and it was a way to differentiate our God, the God of Jesus, like Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, the Trinity that we worship. Um, from the other gods that people were worshiping at the time. And so Yahweh was a very sacred name. And when David is writing this psalm that we're going to read, he's referring to um, God as Yahweh over and over again, just to remind himself that there's only one God, and that's the only God that he seeks. So something important to know is that this psalm, Psalm 27, is David's poetic praise to God before he was anointed king. Okay, so basically what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read this passage and I'm going to discuss like what things stand out to me and just kind of invite you into my normal Bible study. So verse 1 says, Yahweh is my revelation light and the source of my salvation. I fear no one. I'll never turn my back and run. For you, Yahweh, surround and protect me. When evil ones come to destroy me, they will be the ones that will turn away. So what I like about that is that he is saying that God makes him brave and we can take that's one of those promises that we can also attach to ourselves and know that God promises to make us brave and when we're aware that he's around us we don't have to be worried like David was literally surrounded by enemies and people who wanted to kill him and torture him and he's saying that he didn't have to fear because he knew that God was with him. Verse 3 says my heart will not fear even if an army arises to attack. I will not be shaken, even if war is all around. Here is one thing that I crave from Yahweh, the one thing I seek above all else. I want to live with him every moment in his house, beholding the marvelous beauty of Yahweh, filled in awe, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to contemplate in his temple. So I've read this passage many times or heard it sung in songs or heard it at church and I've always just like kind of gone past the part where it's talking about him craving to be like the one thing that he craves and seeks above all else is to live with God. I was always just like, oh, that's just like a random analogy of wanting to be near God. But last year uh, before Mac and I got married, I was living with some of his family members. Their names are Ronnie and Tina. They have been amazing influences in our life. They, uh, Ronnie married us and counseled us, did our premarital counseling. They've walked us through some really heavy and hard seasons. And they're just incredible people. Like you notice them when they walk through the room and it's because they walk with Jesus. So lots of people um, look up to them and Ronnie has been a pastor. They've been involved in the church for many years. And they're people that you would look at from afar and be like, okay, they're incredible. But I wonder what they're like behind closed doors. So I actually had the opportunity to live with them for a whole summer, for four months. 
And guys, I was literally blown away at the way that these people live. Like just getting to be in their home was so safe and so comforting. And Jesus was just always there. There was never a moment where they weren't abiding, like just being close to Jesus. And his presence was just very known because they invite him into their lives. And just being near them, it's like it rubbed off on me. Like the peace that they that reigns over them reigns over their home. And so when I was in that home, it was like I had no choice but to experience that love and all the fruits of the Spirit that come from being near Jesus. And I also just felt really safe in their home. I felt like if anything emotionally difficult or challenging would happen, I could just speak it and it would be covered in prayer and it would be, I would receive encouragement and love. And so now I really understand what David is saying when he says, I crave this more than anything else. He just wants to be with him for every moment in his house. And he goes on to say that in the day of trouble, God will treasure me in his shelter under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up high upon a rock out of reach from all my enemies who surround me. Triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, I will sing praises to Yahweh. So he understands that safety comes from being near to God, from being surrounded by him. And he knows that his enemies can't touch him because his God is in control and he's taking care of him. Verse 7 says, Hear my cry and show me mercy and send the help I need. I heard your voice in my heart say, Come, seek my face. My inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all of my heart, so don't forsake me now when I need you. My father and mother abandoned me, but you, Yahweh, you took me in and made me yours. This verse reminded me of a promise that God makes to us in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. A lot of people are really missing out on what God has for them because they tried to seek God at one point in their life. Maybe they tried going to church one time. Maybe they tried for like a month of their life just every night before bed to pray. Or maybe they said, God, if you're real, send down lightning right now. Maybe they they did these simple acts of pursuit of God and they felt that he didn't pursue them back. The truth is that God is not going to take up residency in your heart unless you're actually at a place where you know you need him and you're seeking him with your entire being. You're willing to say, I will give up my life right now in the way that it looks and I surrender it to you. That's what God wants. He wants for us to be completely open to him moving in our lives. And if we're still going to hold on to our ways and still wanting to do things um, the way that we've always done them without sacrificing and giving it back to God and, and choosing to let him be the Lord of our lives, then we're going to miss out on that. We're not going to really be seeking him with our whole heart. So I think a lot of people think that they've sought God. They think that they've given him their best, but they really haven't. They've just given him a little bit of attention and they've sought just a little bit without really giving their lives, giving God a chance and saying, God, I'm going to give it more than just a week. I'm going to give it more than just a month. I am going to open my eyes and I'm going to look for you everywhere. And guys, I promise he, he really is everywhere. He's all over the place. And he's just waiting for you to get to a place in your life where you're willing to say, you know what? I don't want to do this by myself anymore. I want you, God. Verse 11 gives us a good example of how to seek God, what words to say, and just the attitude that our heart needs to be in, the posture our heart needs to be in when seeking him. So it says, now teach me, God, all about your ways and tell me what to do. Make it clear for me to understand, for I am surrounded by waiting enemies. So something important to remember here, like I talked about in the beginning, is that David is getting ready to become king of this nation. And 
he's going to need God's guidance with every moment to know where his enemies are coming from and how to attack them and what to do to lead these people in an honorable way. He continues to say, don't let them defeat me, Lord. You can't let me fall into their clutches. They keep accusing me of things I've never done, breathing out violence against me. So he's being attacked from every side. People are assuming things about him, making up lies about him. And so his relationship with God is so sweet right now because he truly understands that everybody else in the world can misunderstand him, but he knows that God knows who he is, which that confidence can only come from God. And then it continues to say, Yet I believe with all my heart that I will see again your goodness, Yahweh, in the land of the life eternal. So I circled the word again because David has seen God do amazing things before. And really all of us can look back on our lives and think, man, there was one time in my life where I just did not know how I was going to get through this. And God, you came through. And remembering that God's already done it once is so empowering to remember that that's that same God. The one that brought you through that thing you didn't think you could get through, he's going to do it again. Verse 14 says, here's what I've learned through all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. What I love about that word entwined is that it gives me this picture that when you really like seek God with all of your heart and you're choosing him and you're saying, God, I want you to be at the very center of my life. You're so entwined with him that he's involved in every aspect of your life. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to church on Sunday or I'm going to like listen to my worship songs every once in a while or pray at night. Like God is so involved in every single detail of your life that he comes up everywhere that you go. First of all, you just wear him. Like it is so evident when people see you that you carry his love and his light. You just look different. You smell different. You have this aroma that people notice. But then like in your workplace, it's evident that you love Jesus because you don't look like everybody else. You're aware of the way that you speak and you're careful with your actions. Being entwined with the Lord, it takes time. It's not something that as soon as you follow Jesus, it's going to just like overnight happen. It's going to take persistence and it's going to take sacrifice for you to die to yourself every day and choose to shut the flesh up and choose Jesus instead and ask him to replace the areas of your life that are weak, the areas where you're selfish and where you are, you have poor intentions and asking him to replace those. And that doesn't happen overnight. But God honors every single step we take towards him and eventually he will be sanctifying us and we will look more like him. The next part of that passage says, Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Mm, I love that so much. Keep on waiting. As humans, it is so natural for us to be quick with our actions and to just always be seeking the next thing and like running after new opportunities. But God calls us to do the opposite. He tells us to wait for him. And whenever he says go, then you go and you work hard. But until then, just knowing that God is going to bring you out of whatever you're going through, it is not going to last. Like if you're dealing with mental health issues, it is not going to last. You will not be depressed forever. That is not what God has for you. You will not be anxious for forever. God is going to rescue you from what you're going through. And then the next part of this, he will never disappoint you. If God didn't answer a prayer like you wanted him to, it may seem like a disappointment. And temporarily it may be. But when things don't go our way, God ultimately knows what is best for us. And that's where the trust factor comes in. Whenever you give your life to God, you say, I truly trust you with my whole life. And that doesn't mean that there won't be moments when you are disappointed in God. And you're like, Lord, I asked you to do this. I asked you to heal this person. I asked you to save them from this. 
and they ended up dying or they ended up like going this other way and it can be so devastating and so frustrating but guys God really does know what's best and if it didn't happen the way we wanted it to happen we've got to be able to say God you are so in control you see the whole picture you see things that I could never see and you are still good even though this did not work out the way that I wanted it to. So a few takeaways from this passage. After I'm done reading this, I just feel encouraged. I'm reminded that God has completely surrounded me, that nothing, no weapon that's formed against me can harm me because God is in control of the things around me, that he's protecting me. I'm reminded that I should crave nothing else. Like I crave to be near God and to be in his home and to be close to him so that I can receive all that he has for me. I'm reminded that he is always near and that when I seek him, he always seeks me back and he never will forsake us. I'm reminded to ask him for guidance in my life. I'm reminded to slow down and to not get ahead of him, to wait on him and to ask God, what is it that you want to teach me in this season of my life while I'm waiting? I'm reminded to remember the times that God has done amazing things in my life and to believe that that God who brought me through those hard things is going to be the same God who brings me through what I'm challenged with right now. I'm reminded to not be impatient and to be entwined with as one with the Lord, to be brave and courageous and to not lose hope. And lastly, I'm reminded to keep on waiting for the Lord because he will not disappoint me. He's a good dad and he cares about his children. Well, I hope that that was an encouragement to you guys. I know that sometimes it's hard to get into the word and to really just take the time in each verse to just break it down and apply it to your life. But I hope that you took the time to do that today and that I blessed you. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and share it with a friend. And as always, you can always contact me on my Instagram, Annie.lovesjesus, if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions of things that you'd like to be talked about on future episodes. Thank you guys so much for your support and for listening. I love you all. Thank you.